Welcome to this edition of the God is Your Life broadcast. This is Reverend Mark Slay inviting you to join me for the next few minutes as we get into the Word of God. Deuteronomy 30, 20 tells us to love the Lord your God, obey His voice, and to hold tight to Him. For this is your life. I'll be back in a few minutes, but for now, let's listen as I teach from the Word. All right, the King James says very, that's very similar to the New American Standard. Let me read this to you. Take heed to the ministry, and he's writing to Archippus now. Take heed to the ministry which you have received, which thou hast received in the Lord, that thou fulfill it. There's another translation, Phillips. God ordained you to your work. See that you don't fail him. Now, I like that one. Listen to that one again. God ordained you to your work. That means for the Lord. See that you don't fail him. Now that means you could. New English Bible. Attend to the duty entrusted to you in the Lord's service and discharge it to the full. Well, if you could discharge it to the full, that means you could half discharge it too and get it partially done. Another translation. God called you into his service. Oh, do not fail him. Again, that means you could. The NIV, God forbid. See to it that you complete the work you've received in the Lord. See to it. So who's supposed to see to it? God or Archippus? You see to it. You, you would be the understood subject. You see to it that you complete the work you've received in the Lord. Another translation. See that you fulfill the ministry which you have received in the Lord. Be sure, another translation, be sure to finish the task you were given in the Lord's service. Finish it. And then the Living Bible says, Be sure that you do all that the Lord has told you to do. Now see, all of those translations reveal to you, number one, that you have a specific call. That number one, it can be thwarted, it can be fulfilled, it could be partially fulfilled, or not at all. Listen to Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2, from two other translations. Surrounded then, as we are, by these serried ranks of witnesses, let us strip off everything that hinders us, as well as the sin which dogs our feet. And let us run the race that we have to run with patience, our eyes fixed on Jesus. I like that. Let me read that one again. Surrounded then as we are by these serried ranks of witnesses, let us strip off everything that hinders us. As, and now he goes on. Now he specifies that different from sin. Everything that hinders us as well as the sin which dogs our feet. And let us run the race that we have to run with patience, our eyes fixed on Jesus. Now, here's the Living Bible. This is a good one. They were both good, but this is good also. Since we have such a huge crowd of men of faith watching us from the grandstands, let us strip off anything that slows us down or holds us back, especially those sins that wrap themselves so tightly around our feet and trip us up, 
And let us run with patience the particular race God has set before us. Those scriptures, all of them, reveal to you, and there's more we're going to look at, that God's got a specific race for each one of us, and yours is not going to be what mine is. And mine's not going to be what yours is. And my rewards are not based upon you, and yours are not based upon mine. Whether I'm faithful or not will not hinder yours. You will be responsible to fulfill your ministry, not me. Now, I might be called to help you do that, as I'm you know, trying to do right here, by just educating you. You know, it's interesting to note that, and the Lord has said this to me on more than one occasion as I lay hands on different ones. But it's interesting that the Lord has said to me on, on numbers of occasions as I went to lay hands on someone. And he said, what they need, I will not be able to do through the laying on of hands. They need to be taught. Did you get that? Much of what people are trying to get free of is a result of them not listening to the word and not obeying that word and not necessarily the anointing coming upon them and breaking a yoke or doing something like that. Much of it is just a matter of ignorance or lack of light in their spirit. That until they're taught, until they see things in their spirit through teaching over and over and by revelation of the Holy Ghost, the anointing will not do it. The laying on of hands will not do it. Is there a place for that? Absolutely is. And God does work that way at times. But many Christians are running around trying to get free from things through the laying on of hands when only the Word of God being taught properly and clearly will help them. That's what will set them free. Now in Romans, the 12th chapter, if you turn there, please, and start with the first verse. I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed, transformed, transformed through the laying on of hands by the renewing of your mind. Now, many people will argue wrongly that he's saying that you just get enough scripture in your head and you'll change. No, not so. I could show you other scriptures that will disprove that. You could have a head full of scriptures and not have the least bit of revelation about them, nor be changed inwardly in your spirit. The mind he's talking about is not the mind of your head, not the intellect. He's talking about the revelation of your spirit, the mind and the thinking and the well-being of your spirit being enlightened, like he told the Ephesians. It takes revelation. The eyes of your understanding, as Paul wrote to the Ephesians, being enlightened. See, the eyes of your heart, he calls it. The eyes of your spirit. See, that's the mind that has to be changed. Until revelation is imparted to your spirit, you will not change. You could have a head full of scriptures and could repeat them over and over and still be the same old person. Because it is revelation that changes. The transformation is a result of light being shed in the spirit. And the spirit of man taking hold of it. And then we change from the inside out. Now listen to me carefully. There are numbers of religious people that are mentally full of the word, the sum of which are not even born again. They have never come to believe the scripture with their heart, with their spirit. They've never been born again. Nicodemus is an example that the Lord clearly gave us in scripture. Here's a religious man that studied his Bible. He was a Pharisee. He knew scripture, had a head full of scripture. And Jesus said, let me tell you where you're lacking, buddy. You got to be born again. Your spirit has to receive the revelation of it or you're going to be the same old Nicodemus just with nice robes on with a head full of scripture. You must be born again. 
the same thing is true here. The transformation is a result of light being shed in your spirit, not your head rehearsing scripture. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. For through the grace given to me, I say to every man among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment. As God has allotted to each a measure of faith. For just as we have many members in one body and all members don't have the same function, so we, who are many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Do you notice he said there all members don't have the same function? Why is it that all members want to have the same function? Why do they? Why not try to find the place that you're called to and function there, and then I figure God knows what he's doing, that it will be the best place. Imagine how ludicrous to think the kidneys could do the job of the heart. Imagine how ludicrous of the heart to think that it could do it by itself. Do you understand what the kidneys and livers, those things purify your body? That the heart pumps the blood through, but purification happens as a result of those, those other organs? How foolish for the heart to think it doesn't need the other members. How good is the heart at digesting your food? How many of you have ever swallowed something down the wrong pipe and it got into your windpipe? How many know your lungs do a very terrible job of digesting food, don't they? Or soda pop or anything else that happens to get down there. Do you understand? Every member is not the same, but their function is direly important to the work of the body. And whatever your call is, it is essential. God is not going to call you to a task that he figures can be left undone. He needs it done. Even if you can't figure out the purpose of it. So they have different functions. Verse 6, and since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Now, before I go into some of these he mentions, and he does not give an exhaustive list here, but look what he says, since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Notice he calls them gifts, and he uses the word grace given to us. So that means that diligent effort and study and work and sweat on your part will not give you any more grace. Diligent effort and you desiring and fighting and struggling to function in a place you're not supposed to will not provide any more grace. No matter how bad you want to be in that place, if the grace is not there, you may think you have the grace and you may think you're doing a good job, but the Lord does not think so. It is by grace and it is a gift. What God has called you to, his, He will provide the anointing to do. Whatever that is, He provides the ability, the power, the anointing to do it. And if you try to function in a place you're not called to, you will not have the same anointing. Now, there are temporary anointings. You could have a temporary anointing, and God can use you in a certain place for a short while, but it's only temporary. Now, that's something else, something nobody taught me that you might be interested in knowing. God can anoint you for a while in a certain area, and you could think that that may be my call ultimately. And it may not be your call at all, ultimately. Although He is providing grace for that time and for that period, for a multitude of different purposes. You know, in uh, November the 1st, 1987... I'm sure you remember that Sunday, that I happened to be at a church service. And it was a morning service, and the Lord anointed me on that day. 
I had a vision. I had my eyes closed and I was worshiping the Lord. We were in worship service and see some people don't think that that's valuable, but you've come too late to tell me you can be silly if you want to and be stupid, but I'm not. So I was in worship and I'm just worshiping the Lord. And my younger brother Greg is seated, is standing next to me as, as I'm worshiping the Lord. And I had a vision. I saw me saying, anoint me to make money. I saw this in the vision. I saw me saying it. And the power of God came on me. I won't go into all the details of it. But the power of God came on me so strong I had to kneel down because I couldn't stand up. That's how strong it was. I was in a whirlwind. I was like in a tornado or a hurricane. I was just, and, and I'm talking about a hurricane of the power in the, spirit of, in, in the spirit, the power of God. And I just had to get down on one knee because I couldn't stand up. And the Lord did. Now see, if no one teaches you, how do you know these things? Just to trust His cleansing blood Just and simple faith. I hope you enjoyed today's message. The title of the message is finding and following God's plan for you. If you'd like a copy, you can look us up on the web at mrcstl.org or markslay.org. That's M-A-R-K-S-L-A-Y.org. Or you can call our office at 314-965-8488. 314-965-8488. Until next time, this is Reverend Mark Slay reminding you that God is your life. Try